Okay, so I know that the SWAC West is competitive. You got four teams fighting it out. But is the division actually good? Oh, yeah. It's locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are locked on HBCU. Your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast. Your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics. Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor and current contributing writer at USA Today's Saints Wire. I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Starts with an S and ends with an S. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. In these days, nowadays, every new potential hire feels like a high stakes wager for your small business. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs wants to help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college terms and conditions do apply. And we close out today's episode with our extra games to watch because it's Thursday and we do that as we lead into our game of the week. Prior to that, you have South Carolina State versus North Carolina Central tonight on ESPNU. So we're going to do a preview of that game with the big question. Can Trey Oliver beat Buddy Pugh? But before any of that, I have another question, maybe an even more significant question. Is the SWAC West good? And where this comes from is on Saturday, last Saturday, I was out in Houston. I was at the Texas Southern FAMU game, and we kind of got to discuss it, me and a couple of people in the media room that I knew from a couple of years ago. And the question kind of became, is this division good? Now, I know that the division is competitive. I know that this division will be a fight. That's not the question. That's not even really up for debate. But just because a division is competitive and is fought after and is closely contested, that does not make that division good. The NFC South is a bad division in the NFL, but it's going to be very competitive because there's not much separation between them. But it's important to remember, competitive does not equal good. It does not equal quality. It is a completely separate metric, right? So I know that Grambling, Prairie View, Alcorn, Southern, they're going to be fighting it out. And that's what we're going to focus on. Regardless of what your answer to this question is, regardless of what my answer to this question is, I just want to set a framework that we're looking at it through. But we're going to discuss the competitiveness of this division no matter what over the next month. But to answer the question directly, is the SWAC West good? I'm going to say yes. And not just because it's competitive. I believe it's competitive because all of these teams are good. I believe that there is not a great team in here. I don't think there's a FAMU in here. This isn't a FAMU Jackson State or a Jackson State FAMU over the last two years. This is the SWAC West from last year 
probably with a couple of better pieces, you know, but like to me, to me, I like Grambling's defense. Or excuse me, no, I don't. I like Grambling's offense. I like Southern's defense. I like Aaron Allen and Trazon Conley as the quarterbacks of Alcorn and Prairie View. These are distinct qualities that I feel like when you like them in a play in a team or in a specific player on that team, you typically don't have a bad squad. You typically don't have that. You know, so I believe that Grambling has a championship level offense. I believe that Southern has a championship level defense enough for me to not feel like these are bad squads when you combine them with whatever their other side of the ball is doing. Right. And we'll get into the the problems that I have with them, but I believe so much in those sides of the ball for those Louisiana teams that I'm okay saying that they are a quality team. You look at all corn. I like the quarterback. I think Aaron Allen has done a good amount of things over the last couple of games that he's played to be impressive and to earn praise and to say, you know what? I think Alcorn is going to be a good squad. And then with Trazon Conley and Prairie View, I really just like their offense and their, their defense is okay. I don't love the defense, but the defense is okay. Once again, I don't believe there's a great team in that bunch. I believe that FAMU should beat whoever comes out of the West. Because FAMU is going to come out of the East. Let's just be real, right? And FAMU should beat whoever comes out of the West. However, I do believe there are teams in that four-team mashup, in that quadrant, who, if they catch FAMU on the right day, could give FAMU not only a run for their money or maybe be able to beat them. Southern was close. With the right day, Southern might be able to win that game. Same with Grambling. Right. And we're going to see Prairie View versus FAMU this weekend. There's certain aspects that allow them to be able to be competitive, though FAMU should beat every single one of them. Right. I think that's that should be the understanding of it. But you see how I'm describing these teams. The way that I'm describing these teams is the reason why I don't feel like it's just a competitive division of bad teams. Grambling scares me. Don't get me wrong. I understand why people are like, I don't know, because it's not great. Grambling scares me. What I saw with their defense against Alabama A&M, I saw one play. It was a read option, and they looked absolutely lost, and I caught PTSD. I thought all the way back to the Hampton game, and that was enough to shake me off of them. I would never have confidence in that Grambling defense. I won't, because how they defended that, how they defended that read option to me, reflected on coaching and said, man, what are they showing these guys? Because they looked absolutely lost. And now it makes me feel like they run against a team that's running the read option. You run a good chance of losing, right? Southern, their offense is going to skip a beat. I talked about that yesterday. They're hitting enough of a stride to where they can be dangerous. But the offense, I feel like I can't have confidence in them. These aren't great teams. So I understand why you would say, oh, this division isn't all that. But if we're just talking about good, they are that. They have a defense in Southern. They have a grambling offense that is high-powered. You have two quarterbacks who I believe are quality. And then also you have a strong defense over there at Alcorn, too. They're a pretty solid, complete team. You know, so these are good squads. And I think with Prairie View, the thing that really brought it down, and I'll give you a peek into that conversation, is that Prairie View almost lost to TSU week one. But that don't mean nothing to me. A close calls happen, right? B, Texas Southern was one of those teams who should be fighting it out with these other four 
if Andrew Body doesn't go down, if things just go down the right way, I think they just they might not even been ready personally, even with Body. I don't know because you know we I'm not gonna rehash that, but there were some things that happened in that PV game that I'm like I don't know y'all might not be ready to be competitors or you might not be ready to take that step from competitors to contenders to championship teams, right? But almost losing to TSU does nothing to knock my confidence in PV because I had the utmost confidence in TSU coming into the season, and that was week one. So overall, this this matchup, these, these guys, these teams, they're evenly matched. There's not much separation between the four of them, and they're all good squads. So let's enjoy this competitive SWAC West as it lasts for the next four weeks. Now, as we move forward, we're moving off of the SWAC. We're going to the MEAC. We're going to the defending national champions, North Carolina Central Eagles. But there's been a thorn in their side for the last three years, four years, really, because you skipped a year. And that thorn is South Carolina State. Can Trey Oliver finally get a win over Buddy Pugh? We'll look at why that is such a big storyline as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn, and everybody thinks about small business or excuse me, workers trying to get into small businesses. But with LinkedIn, you also got to think about who's doing the hiring. And it's also about these small businesses and trying to get the right people for your team, because you go get the wrong person. Now they're not doing their work properly and your growth is being stunted. But you get the right person and now everybody's growing. Because you get Department A together, now Department B can have all hands on deck. Same with Department C and D. See, that's why I love LinkedIn, because there's over 800 million people who are on this website on a daily basis. All you have to do is go to LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. You'll be able to post your job for free. Use the purple hashtag HiringFrame and be able to reach to one of those 800 million people because that, that right person, that right fit, the one that's going to level up your business is right there. All you have to do is go to linkedin.com slash locked on college, post your job for free. Like I said, free, there's no risk involved. And today's episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks, which is daily fantasy sports made easy. And this is the thing about Prize Picks is you get two to six players. You pick, are they going to have more or less than their projected numbers? You got basketball here. You got football here. It's all here, right? So yesterday or two days ago was the NBA tip-off. You got Wimby, you got Zion, you got Steph, you got KD, you got LeBron. You got so many players. You got Jokic, right? You got so many players. Is Dame going to do X, Y, and Z? What is What are the expectations for Damian Lillard now that he's in Milwaukee? Same with Giannis Antetokounmpo. There's so many players who you can put your money on to see if they're going to have more or less uh, assist points. If you're going in the NFL, touchdowns, yards, all you have to do is go to prizepicks.com slash college. Use the promo code Locked On College, and you'll get a hundred dollars up to a hundred dollars match on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On College. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day, and remember. On Friday's episode, we will have our college football kickoff live. And with that, that means you're going to have the biggest stories around college football every single week. So you can be the most 
um, I don't want to say entertained. You will be entertained, but you can be the most knowledgeable fan that you could possibly be. Now, I want to look at a potential storyline, not even a potential storyline. This should be a big storyline because Trey Oliver has never beaten South Carolina State as a head coach. Can he beat Buddy Pugh? This is his last opportunity to do it, you know, and every team has a hurdle. Some we don't really look at like that, but over the last I've been here for basically two seasons, if you're not including this one. So I came at the end of 2021 and I went through the whole 2022 season. And there's been three teams who are really good, who are pretty consistent throughout that two year stretch. Jackson State, FAMU, North Carolina Central. And each team had a hurdle. Jackson State couldn't win the big one. They couldn't get the Celebration Bowl. You look at FAMU, they couldn't get to the big one. Now, the most obvious hurdle for them was Jackson State. And now you look at North Carolina Central, their hurdle was South Carolina State. They were very similar to FAMU, except losing to South Carolina State in 2022 didn't keep them away from the Celebration Bowl. That was always the thing that kept FAMU away. Now, we've seen FAMU get over their hurdle earlier this year. Week one, they were able to beat them in the Orange Blossom Classic. Then they said, you know what? We finna chunk the deuce to this thing, so we ain't really worried about it. But when you look at North Carolina Central, A, they are going to continue playing South Carolina State as the years keep going. But there is a little bit of the do skin chunked, and that's Buddy Pugh. And that's what makes this even more interesting is, yes, South Carolina State has been a thorn in the side of North Carolina Central over the last two seasons specifically. Because you go back to 2019, North Carolina Central wasn't really that good. So they weren't really a thorn in the side. They were just one of the many teams who beat Central in 2019, which was Coach Oliver's first year as a head coach. Then you go to 2020, there's no season. Then you come to 2021, and now it's like it's on. Everything starts clicking at that point. For whatever reason, everything for North Carolina Central turns around. The only thing that doesn't turn around is their ability to beat South Carolina State. So you go through 2019, rough year, whatever, but you don't beat South Carolina State. You get to 2021 after skipping a year, and you're a much better team. You beat everybody in the conference except for South Carolina State. And when you lose to South Carolina State, now you can't make it to the celebration mode. So that was the thing that kept them away. The Eagles would have been facing Jackson State in 2021 if if it hadn't been for South Carolina State. Okay, cool. Whatever. Got to get your leak back. You get to 2022. Yet again, you lose to them. But what makes this so interesting is now with the way that you lost to the Bulldogs in 2022, I ain't here to talk about no X's and O's. I'm not here to break down who's the better team. Newsflash, North Carolina Central is a better team than South Carolina State. They are in 2023. They were in 2022. But it didn't matter last year. North Carolina Central lost one game. South Carolina State won one game. The game that Central lost and the one that South Carolina State won, that was the same one. There was only one squad for yet again, the second year in a row. You got to understand this. You got to really break down and look at the history. The last two years, North Carolina Central has beaten every single team in the MEAC except for South Carolina State, and they lost to them in both years. In 2021, it kept them away from a Celebration Bowl berth. In 2022, they were still able to get to the Celebration Bowl, but that's been a thorn in the side. And it's the only game South Carolina State was able to win. Buddy Pugh has Trey Oliver's number, and Buddy Pugh's about to retire. Can Trey Oliver finally get the best of Pugh in their last matchup? 
I'm not here for X's and O's any longer. Last year was clear who the better team was. I think it's been clear who the better team is this year. But being a better team clearly doesn't mean anything. It almost feels like a mental hurdle. It almost feels like something you got to get over. You've never been able to beat this team. Fun fact, you've always beat Howard, Delaware State, and who was the other team? Morgan State, right? Trailers never lost to any of those three teams. But the only squad he's yet to beat is South Carolina State. And for me, that's the biggest thing in this matchup. Screw the X's and O's. Screw Davius Richard. Throw all of that to the side. Mentally, because Richard's been here this whole time too. He ain't been able to beat South Carolina State. Mentally, can the Eagles, led by Trey Oliver, finally get over the hump that is Buddy Pugh in the South Carolina State Bulldogs? That's it. Point blank period. So as we move forward, that is the game. And that's tonight for the record. That game is tonight, tonight, tonight. This is the second straight Thursday night game that South uh, that North Carolina Central is having. But South Carolina State is kind of on a on a uh on a short week. So we'll see what comes from it. I'll definitely be tuning in because I just want to know. I think that I think that Central is gonna come out very impassioned. So we'll see how, how that goes. But there's other games to watch on Saturday. I have three games in specific, two from the SWAC, one from the MEAC, and we'll look at what they mean as we move forward with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, and FanDuel is the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. For those who maybe can't see what I'm wearing, whether you're on the audio side, but then also just on the video, it's not as clear. Y'all see it. Y'all see it. New Orleans on me, man. Shout out to my Pelicans. So we got a nice victory last night over the uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. So if you want to put some money down on the, on the Pelicans, I think we're going to be pretty good, especially at the start of the season. Hopefully health is permitting. Knock on wood, of course. But overall, whoever your squad is, the NBA is here. I don't know why I'm just excited for the NBA season this year, but go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. And when you put your $5 down, regardless if you win or if you lose, you're going to get $200 back in bonus bets. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and you'll get $200 back in bonus bets when you put down your first bet of $5 on the NFL, NBA, or anything in between. As wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day, making it all the way to segment three. And I thank you two times for that. Shout out my pals. Got me having my arms out and whatnot. I don't even do this on the pod, but we excited. I went, you know, anyway, let's cook. So you're looking at these extra games to watch. And there's three in particular that I really have my eyes on because they're going to tell me something. Each and every one is going to tell me something. And I'll start off with Southern because it's kind of a continuity thing. The same way that I look at North Carolina Central and needing to get that thorn out of their side over the last two years specifically of not being able to beat the South Carolina State Bulldogs, that's kind of how it is with Southern and Texas Southern. Southern has not been able to beat um, TSU in the last two years, and it's kind of been weird. I'll be honest with you. Um, Neither one of these two years that I think that Southern would lose to my alma mater. I didn't. I'm very real, y'all. Like, 
one of the principles, one of the pillars of the show is just being genuine. Authenticity is important. I'm always going to keep it real with you. I ain't think TSU was going to beat Southern these last two years. I don't think TSU was going to beat Southern this year. I'm hoping I'm wrong, just like I was the past two seasons. I'm hoping that. But Southern hasn't been able to get over this hurdle. And those games were played in Arlington. Um, I think this game, this game is played in Baton Rouge. So maybe the change of venue will be what it's needing, you know. But I want to see if they can kind of shake this, shake the monkey off their back. Because you're right now engulfed in a big-time battle with Alcorn, Prairie View, and Grambling. You can't really afford to lose a game to PV. Or excuse me, you can't really afford to lose a game to TSU. Because you got those other three gauntlet games coming up. You can't afford to lose this game to TSU because you're tied with everybody else. And now you're giving Grambling another shot because they lost two games. I think PV is going to lose to Alcorn. Or excuse me, I think PV is going to lose to FAMU. So now you have three teams with two losses and you have Alcorn, if they can take care of business, sitting there by themselves. This is a very important matchup. I want to see if Southern's offense continues to do what they do. TSU has not shown themselves to be a stingy defense. They haven't. This is another game where you should be able to put up points. Not only do I want to see you win, I want to see you put up 28 points. That's my... Yes, that's my challenge. 24 to 28. I'll accept anywhere between 24 and 28 from your offense, though. Right? That's what I need out of Southern. That's what I'm looking for. Now, you look at the other one, and I'm going to go MEAC, and I'm going to have kind of a sandwich, right? The SWAT going to be the bread. The, the MEAC going to be the meat on there. But you're looking at North Norfolk State versus Morgan State. And why this is interesting to me is because I don't know who to say number three in the conference is. Maybe it's South Carolina State. The way they were able to beat down on Delaware State, they clearly aren't last, and they don't seem like they were fighting for last. But it'll be interesting because I do still have them at five. But I feel like Norfolk State and Morgan State have shown more for me. Now they're going against each other. And this is like the battle of bronze. I know that sounds terrible, but both of these teams lost to the top two teams in the conference. So Howard beat Norfolk State last week in their homecoming. North Carolina Central beat Morgan State on Thursday night. These were the two top teams. Howard and Central are one and two, with Central being one, right? Central, then Howard. But who's three? The winner of this game is number three. So that is my matchup that I'm really looking forward to. That's the storyline that I'm really buying into. But then you have the last game that I'm looking at, and that's PV versus FAMU. And the reason this is so interesting is because I watched what Southern was able to do to FAMU. And this is going to be kind of, kind of a qualifying game because PV has knocked off a quality Alcorn. They knocked off what I believe, and I'll stand on this, especially in week one, to be a quality Texas Southern. So you have some good wins. But now that you're going against the big dog, what are you going to do? Not only that, I believe this is a potential. I don't think this is what's going to happen. I'll be honest with you. Um, I kind of lean, I'm still kind of leaning towards Alcorn for some reason. I feel like Alcorn is going to come out of the SWAC West, but that's just really a gut feeling. But PV has a chance, definitely. This is a potential SWAC championship preview, the same way that Southern versus FAMU was a potential SWAC West or SWAC championship preview. So I really just want to see how that goes. And it's FAMU's um, homecoming. And FAMU has the ability to clinch. The only thing the, the only thing that needs to happen in order for FAMU to clinch is they need to, A, 
take care of business. So win the game, have your party, do your thing for homecoming. But the other thing that needs to happen is Alabama State needs to beat Alabama A&M in this week's game of the week, Magic City Classic. So we'll keep it here. And on tomorrow's episode, I'll give you the matchups in those games. I'll give you the key storylines in that game. And I'll give you the key to victory for both teams. And if you're a fam, you fan, you better be checking this out because you need to know exactly what the Hornets need to do in order to win and hopefully, in your case, solidify your SWAC championship berth. But in the meantime, in between time, until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace. Go, Pels.